listen and subscribe to the Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. <laughs> wow. That's my that's my that's my shit right there. If, if I do uh, the episode wouldn't get taken down, I'd use that as the intro for today. <laughs> and with that laughter, we have blurred lines. Welcome everybody. It's your man Cam. With me as always is uh this is Josh, aka the black guy in every movie that uh dies well before the, the third act. <laughs> as well as and this is D, the professor, and I work for the House of Zion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And we are back talking some news. Uh, you know, took a little breaks. Life stuff's happening. It's pretty outside. Uh, it's all sunny clouds in New York. In the less clouds these days. Although today was pretty, pretty uh, crappy. But, um, yeah, man, it's fun. Uh, how, how you guys doing? Every day above ground is a great day, Cam. <laughs> I concur. Peace and blessing to the gods and the earth. <laughs> Sun, moon, and the earth, God. Um, you know I mean, yeah, I think uh, we're talking because uh, you know a couple of our shows that just ended, and now we're like picking up new stuff, and so you know everyone's been talking about the boys recently, and. Truth be told, I have not watched the season. Um, I have read the books and all of it is there, but one of the things I do like about the show compared to the, the books is they uh, they give all the, the actual quote-unquote heroes a little bit more depth. So whether it's making them really, really villainy or where it gives them some type of a backstory where it feels like not too, uh, too like one-dimensional. But the one cool thing I've been reading about, even though I haven't watched the season, is all the hoopla around people not realizing that Homelander is a bad guy. <laughs> And so I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. So, you know, Pure Forbes, they're basically saying how a lot of people were looking at, you know, the voice is a straight up parody of like all superheroes. Garth Ennis, Garth Ennis, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Garth Ennis. Yes. He left, he left Marvel and he left DC with a very sour taste in his mouth and he immediately wrote The Boys, which is a lambrooding parody of literally both. So every, every stereotype and trope that he could think of, he can pull from any one of the two. He just threw him in there and with hilarious precision. <laughs> yeah, he, he pretty much just eviscerates the entire idea of a superhero, let alone any individual groups or iconic uh, comic characters that are in, that exist. And when if you ever saw the boys, you'll you, it's not hard to identify who's being kind of torn apart <laughs> or, or you know who's being uh, parodied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then now I think, you know, in the books, he was like, you could tell he's pretty angry. And it's like pretty, what is it, NC-17 now? Rated M, R, whatever? I don't know what the, the, the most graphic one you can have. That's pretty much what that is. Yeah, uh, it's whatever yeah. allows you. It's the one right before Triple X. Basically. Like that. But what was interesting, though, too, was, you know, they're lampooning a lot of the, you know, superhero tropes, but then they're also uh, parroting a lot of the politics that's currently going on. So, you know, Homelander is, you know, a parody of Superman, but he's, like, literally saying Donald Trump words. <laughs> right. And people are looking at it. And so so what people were finding was, and the showrunners were finding as well, is they were having a rise of all right fans to the show 
identifying with the villains of the character, Stormfront, who's basically Nazi, uh, Homelander, and then even uh, Blue Hawk, is the cop back? Yeah. Yeah. And so they were identifying with all three of these, like, villains, but they're, like, waiting for them to have, like, their, like, you know, arc that turns them back to justice, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting on their redemptive arc. Yeah. You know, well, a few of them have already hit moral event. Where, where they end up being the hero. And everybody accepts them again, and they forget all about all those terrible things. Those terrible things. <laughs> I had no idea. That is so satisfying to hear suddenly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Oh, like Josh said, I didn't. I had no idea that that was actually a thing in the ether in existence. No idea. Yeah, that, uh, yeah that, whole uh, community. Um, until I saw the subreddit that you sent, the yeah. Reddit article that you sent that apparently talked to, outlined all of this 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 whole phenomenon of people surprising surprise that Homelander is the primary antagonist. AKA the main villain of the uh, of the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so are they like filling out petitions as everyone seems to do these days when they have a gripe? Probably, actually. I mean, they, they had to close down the um part of the the Reddit the subthread because of a policy. Really crazy, yeah. And you know what oh, makes it worse is that he has a cape that's the American flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes it better. It doesn't make it worse. It's no, amazing. I mean it makes it worse for them. Like they don't like the oh. idea that the villain is has the American flag as his that signature is comedy. Oh man, the irony is just kind of is just fat. But see again, as I said off air, and I off the record, and I said here, it's just a sad thing that not those people just didn't learn to read at some point or they gave up on it because honestly, these are the kinds of things that if you have engaged fiction, you're like, okay, I see the parallels, but Homelander is still Homelander that exists in the world out separate from our world. So, you know, of course you see those parallels. Of course they're there, but at the same time, you can't engage the fiction without getting riled up over the fact that you can, Obviously, Donald Trump can't fly or shoot lasers out his eyes. <laughs> no, he can. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, he he can when he's asleep from eight to from from eight at night to six in the morning. He can fly <laughs> and shoot, shoot lasers out his eyes, and 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 he's <sighs> in the world. He defeats all his enemies in a mill- in a millisecond. He goes back in time and sets everything right. He's all those things from that, that window of. Of eight at night to six in the morning. Damn. But yeah, I think that just I think just that part alone. But but you know, everyone has been watching it, they love it, they love the series and all that kind of stuff, which makes perfect sense. I think it's perfect. it's coming at a great time where people are starting to get that superhero fatigue. So anything that kind of sends up that yes. will like help it. It's kind of the reason why people are really latching on to like Invincible. And um, so they they did a good job of doing this one thing, and then they're they're, they're going to follow it up with a, a teen censored uh, spinoff series. Yeah, basically kind of like a uh, almost like a Teen Titans, Young Justice type of like the kids funneling into the you know, to the seven, <laughs> which should be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be good. It's like Johnny's new beat, but the boys, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, The Boys has, this season has been pretty good, very, still entertaining. I think, like you said, I haven't read the comic book, but I get the sense that Eric Kripke, the show creator, the main writer 
um, understood all that about the the um, the tone of the comic book um, mm-hmm. and sort of pivoted to a different way. So, so in other words, uh, he saw it and said, you know, I feel your anger, Garth, but I'm not yep. in that same boat yep. of anger. So I'm yep. going to take what you're what you built and and funnel another kind of frustration in there, which is I think why you get so many parallels between what's happening in society, because that kind of expresses that. And I, one of the things that Mm -hmm. I think is great about the boys is that it does not, it's not preachy with these things. It just kind of allows them to kind of take place and the characters live their lives. And, you know, there's not these moments of, of um, moralizing. Moralizing exactly. Thank you. Like you're bad, bad. You're good, good. Exactly. It's like no, they're all human. And in fact, this was expressed recently when uh, I think Butcher was saying something along the lines of, you know, he's telling me he's like, y'all got to go, man. He's like, he's like, you just all got to go. He's like, you, you. And he says it with such lament, like he delivers that line with a exactly. high degree because he's actually come to to like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's what's great about the series, that it digs deep into the humanity behind what would it be like if other humans had godlike powers walking around with humans who don't have those powers. I don't. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good uh it's a good sort of parody of the of, of the of the comic book trope. You right. Know, the, goody good and the baddie bad like it really delves into um it's kind of like um it's kind of like kick ass like if there were really heroes if there were really like good samaritans and heroes what would they really be like it's a it's a different take on like it's it's an expanded take on that on that thought process and you know superman might be that guy he might be homelander you know yeah, well, there's a, obviously a flip of the coin. I said that's the flip of the coin that um, I think the boys try strongly to, to suggest. It's like, you know, just because these individuals have powers and then, and have been given this responsibility as as heroes and champions don't mean does not mean that they're going to live up to those virtues and as we right. see in the in the story they quite often uh they quite often don't actually they fail miserably at it in fact the first scene of the first episode was an example of that when a train was i shouldn't laugh but a train uh oh. runs through huey's girlfriend yeah 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 and runs over her and like that's and and really couldn't and didn't say anything but my bad, it just kept yeah. going. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh whoops. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta go. So it's like that's a that's the really good nuance of the boys that I enjoy. And they just each season they just they're continuing to do more with these characters than I think I would imagine was done in the comic books. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. turned it up I mean, the books for sure. Yeah, because the books are good, but they're they just they definitely focus more on the boys and the fact that being superhero is silly, like they shouldn't exist, basically. Right, like that's like the, that's the singular thread to the whole thing. Um, how how closely is it following the books? I don't remember. Um, the first season was pretty pretty uh, like they, they you know took a few things here and there, um, mm-hmm. took out a lot of the sex actually. And but they left all the gore <laughs> and the the bad foul language, and then they um they kind of humanized the um the boys as well. 
And so you get a little mm-hmm. bit more, I think the TV show, the TV show, I think, rounds out all the characters better. And so, like, in the book, the Homelander's dead, period. And he's dead, basically. And oh, then, he's dead? No, he's a dick, sorry. Oh, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's like pretty one note through the, pretty much the whole thing. And even when even when the big reveal happens, what they actually change in the in the um, store in the, uh, in the TV, TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like the one of the big one of the big twists in the in the book. They actually um, did something earlier to change that, so it's not going to be that anymore. Which I thought was actually pretty mm-hmm. smart. Um, yeah, I think that was a smart change um, as well. And uh, and actually, kind of a segue is that that change was significant in by way of um, narratively what it signifies, what it signifies in the boy society, which is, you know, again, I don't want to spoil it, so I won't say what it is, but I think that was a good uh, progression of the kind of talks about um, race and how they're handling that in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the world of the boys. Um, now you have a train who's kind of realized after the whole storm front, situation that he's really not there because he's respected or he's they want him there but he's there as a kind of uh way to stave off any um any uh criticism that all the the, the, the seven is all white yeah. <laughs> the word you're looking for is token sir <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was, that was the word i missed <laughs> um, but and i think that's the one thing i would say that the boys let tv show do better like their changes of gender and race to the show actually adds to the show as opposed to just being um superfluous super superfluous yeah, yeah. superfluous yeah. Just change them because they change it. You know, they do. Yeah. So, like for instance, like A Train in the books is white, and he's pretty. He's pretty much a one note character. They don't really do much depth with them. He's just he's there for shits and giggles. Same with the Deep. Like besides the lampooning the character that he's supposed to be lampooning, there's a couple like fishy jokes in there, but there's nothing really deep about it. Right. Quote. Mm -hmm. Quote. Um, (laughs) But um, and then also it's like Stormfront. Stormfront in the book is is dude. He's a big Nazi guy, which is like boring. But he's you know serves his purpose. Where in the show, they think by just just by making him uh, that character a woman flips the whole thing on its head. Yeah, and so and you know then it flushes out a little bit more. So I think that to me, the show does a good job of just being like, okay, you're right. This is the source material. I'm not exactly in that pace, but where we're at right now, we can kind of tweak some things so that it can make it more relevant. Plus, actually have some depth. So yeah, um, and then also and also I was reading up on how. They're taking cues from Feige um, early days and how he expanded the universe without making it silly, not making it dumb, and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. kind of like being purposeful with spinoffs as opposed to just like you know Star Warsing it, where you just do whatever you want, right? Right. Um, right. And so, and then you know, and speaking of sequels, Jon Snow has his own uh, his show coming up, guys. You don't. Know <laughs> Wait a second, and this has been confirmed. They, they actually, you know what? Let's. Yes. It, 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 it has, it has. Because the first time I saw it was on the dumb sites, and then I had yeah. to wait till the to the real one said something about it. Because yeah. that's how that's how we yeah. work these days. Yeah, <laughs> right. I do not like. I laughed because I was like, once again, I shouldn't say this, but they should never never gave niggas Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> So it has been confirmed, and he and, yeah. and Kit Harrington is attached. Yes, yes, okay. he is. See, at first, my initial as a person that's read all of the Song of Ice and Fire, that's and why this is also and, why I brought it. Uh, 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 call it correctly. Someone who has read it several times, 
I have read it several times, so I am pretty well versed in that world. I might so, uh, sure. so, 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 tell them, t- tell them what you mean. Talk, talk to him, talk to him, Professor. Talk to him. So, you know, I, I get what they're trying to do, but I don't know. I, I think at first when I thought about it, I was like, I don't even see how George R. R. Martin would, I guess it doesn't matter anymore since they own the rights for the TV series, but yep. I don't I don't see how he would look at that and be like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the positive part of they do since they're doing it is that they get an opportunity to do a whole nother, a new story that is free of any um, of George R. R. Martin's machinations. Um, that John mm-hmm. Snow is not the same John Snow in the book anymore. Like that's that's right. We're past that part. Yeah. So which could be which I think could be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm like I'm not I'm not like. I'm more just groaning because like you know we don't need it. I think that's the thing. Like we're getting, a lot of, right. we're getting a lot of sequels that we don't need. They're just like, hey, you guys want this? We're like, not really, but I guess I'll watch it because you're gonna show it to me. But um and although and I, I like Jon Snow, everyone likes Jon Snow. Of course. Um, but do we need do I need to see a six six uh, I suppose say issue, six episodes spin off of him? You know you don't. You know that no. you don't. I'd rather go see freaking psychotic Arya freaking slicing up people and wearing their faces. What's right. sad is we're going to watch anyway. Yeah, of course we are. They know it. We're still right. so and, deep and into that's it. the thing. Like, it's, there, it's inevitable that, you know, most likely they're going to get some of the old people back who did their characters had unresolved arcs, basically. You know, mm-hmm. Arya, Sansa, how does she fare out as Bran, Ferris King? So even if they don't have any scenes, there's obviously going to be talk in the world about what's going on with those characters. Um, so I think it can, it can work. I, I think I would much rather see them. It, for me, the Jon Snow is similar to how I feel about Skywalker in that mm. the Star Wars, which is we've told that story. It's done. Let's go to some other part of this massive world. So that's why mm-hmm. I love the idea of House of the Dragon. Because, again, we saw how Daenerys was, and she was literally, she's not the last Targaryen, but in my mind, she's the last Targaryen. And you saw how that ended for her. So it'd be an inter- it be an interest. House mm-hmm. of Dragon draws interest in that this is a moment in their history where the Targaryens are at the top peak of their power in Restoros. Uh, so that's totally different than Game of Thrones because at Game of Thrones, they were at the end, their dynasty had been smashed at the beginning of the show. And at the end of the show series, Daenerys had put it back together, but then it fell right back into ruin. So right. that is more, to me, more interesting than finding out what Jon Snow does beyond the wall. I just, or at the watch. Oh, no, I just don't. I'm not interested in it but it can work if they're since they're doing it it could be interesting yep good surprise but uh, but i don't i doubt it yeah uh yeah. a prediction at some point john is going to be like i have to go back there's nothing happening beyond the wall that could contain an entire story that i think is worth telling if he doesn't go back at some point. I agree. And that's the problem because now you're venturing into Hollywood kind of storytelling. So then yep. it's going to be, yep. it's going to be weird even for the audience to see this type of storytelling with this 
character, like yeah. in this mm-hmm. world. It's not gonna. It, I, that's the reason why I keep coming. You are exactly right, Josh. Like that's what I keep coming back to, and I'm just like, I just I, yeah. The world is too yeah. it, as dense as it is. It's too tightly. Yeah, and, and I'd rather, yeah. like I said, I'd rather see Arya who's going off to a foreign land by herself. That would be amazing. That would be interesting because she's going to an area that even in his books is unexplored. unexplored so again, right. there you go. Yep, you have new, you have new chances for story. She's already a psychopath now, officially full-fledged. So like, yeah. uh, it, would, it would have been super interesting. Um, she's in Westeros. Yeah. In Westeros, nah. so nobody cares. Um, now, things that are coming up, besides Jon Snow, uh, we also have Jordan Peele's latest uh, note, which is about to come through. Woo-hoo! And that comes out, is it next month or is it at the end of the month? End I think it's the end of the month, so it, okay. it may be two weeks from now. Great yeah. pro- promos, trailers, I mean, they always oh, yeah. are. Dude. The sound design it just gets me every time. I, yo, we need to have Oscars for trailers because some of these dudes be like, making magic and and... Like I will, like I tell everyone, my favorite trailer probably of all time is uh, with the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Like I watched oh, it, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that thing was inspiring." Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched the movie, and I was like, "I mean, all right." <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of you got me. You got me. Hey, yeah, man. Um, no, nah, but I think no, nah, it's gonna be interesting because I think um, Peels had a nice little run. Like even even things that kind of did hiccups, like us, didn't hit as hard as. Um, as uh, Get Out, but it still right. did numbers, and it was like, you know, people like enjoyed it, people, you know, watched it, and I think that and by putting on um, our, our, the director that's going to be doing the Marvels for Candyman. Oh, Nia DaCosta. Yep. And putting mm-hmm. on other people, too, that shows again that he's not just trying to be like, okay, I won my Oscar, I'm just going to be doing, I'm going to Tyler Perry it, basically. So I like that he's like started to produce other people's stuff, put on other folks that are also dope to kind of give them that platform. Because uh, I didn't watch Candyman, but I heard Mixed but good on the good side of reviews. I'm gonna go with the good side because I actually just recently rewatched Candyman. And again, I think maybe not as a horror film that people expect, you know, the jump scares and all that stuff, but as a solid metaphor of the horror that African Americans generationally have experienced. Mm. And then to to, to mm. have a kind of narrative and fictionalized solution to flipping that myth was a creative way to tell that story. And so I think that is what Peel is kind of doing for a lot of writers is like saying, listen, it doesn't have to be the straightforward, this happens, this happens, this happens Mm -hmm. narrative. It can be some, it can use black people to tell a large scale, very, very, very great story. Um, I, I draw to that, that final sequence of uh Candyman and I always talk about it cuz it is so excellent the animation of the credits where they show all of the all of the black men and some women who've been murdered over over from Daniel Robitaille fictional in the 1800s I believe to the character in the film <laughs> you know all those uh individuals so I'm looking forward to note because I think Hill is doing what is not being done that much right now, which is uh, really stamping out himself as an auteur and, mm. not, and not just a an, artu- an auteur who can make smart cinema, cinema, but also a producer who understands how to 
get the audience into the megaplex, the, the, the cinema as the entertainment experience as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what those trailers help have really helped signifies like, yes, this is going to be a little bit make you think, but it's also going to be a little bit, you can sit and enjoy the, and enjoy the popcorn and, and be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of I think it's like super interesting because I'm like I, I just I really enjoy like his like his like kind of like trajectory that he's been doing, and also how he's like you know like you say he's been, he still always comes back to the, the storytelling aspect of things and like really encouraging writers to tell the story from not seeing it on the screen, and so I think that's the part that's going to be like super super dope. So you know, June team just passed, made us feel good about ourselves, and what's going on. Now we go to the dumb stuff called "What If Miles Morales Was Thor." <laughs> Sing it, Josh. Oh boy. Sing it, Josh. Mm-hmm. Oh joy. Mm-hmm. I've been. I'm uh, <laughs> so, so if you haven't heard, um, there's a book called Miles. Uh, what if Miles Morales? And so the, the the crux of the story basically is. It's a kind of like a metaverse kind of a thing. If you know what what if is, what if is like taking a character, giving it a different spin on whatever it used to be. And um, so in this particular mini series, Miles is hopping through dimensions, and each dimension, his Miles Morales is a different uh, Marvel character. So in the first one, he's a black Captain America. I shouldn't say black Captain America. He was Captain America. The next time for that, I think he was like Wolverine or something silly like that. Um, I forgot the other one he was, and so this new one, he's basically uh, he's going to be Thor. And Hood Thor. <laughs> Hood Thor, as, <laughs> as named him. But uh, Black, Black Twitter isn't, hasn't happened it. Because <laughs> they're saying he's uh, he is uh, they're just basically doing more stereotypes and whatnot. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those things where I'm like, I was reading up more on it, and it is kind of a black Twitter, Reddit type thing where people are like up in arms, like the large masses are kind of just like, oh, what, what, what happened? Mm. <laughs> um, so y'all responding negatively to the character, to the, to that anthology? The yeah, of the character nation. I think I think it's more like, you know, by making him quote unquote hood, as they say. And again, it's it, I laugh because when um, things like this happen, people usually respond to an image, right? So the image, the, the artist brought, draws, you know, gets the, the the brief. He draws what he feels that's cool. Everyone signs off on it, and it gets you know colored, inked, and all that good stuff. So then, when there's always a controversy, I always notice that everyone's like, "Oh, this this image is so bad," and so they automatically attack the writer first, mm. and then the and then the um, the artist sometimes depends depends on what it is. I think when when uh, oh, there's sex quote unquote sexy Riri uh, image floating around. And that was just J. Scott Campbell drawing J. Scott Campbell. And they're like, why did you make her lighter? Why is she skinny now? She doesn't have her lips anymore. And like, hey, you guys realize this is comics of different artists have different interpretations. Like, it's such a weird thing when black culture merges into geek culture without having a previous knowledge of said geek culture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, J. Scott Williams is like a legend, mm-hmm. a living, a living, walking, breathing legend. And yep. Like you don't you don't go after him like you just don't like and I feel like you you put it perfectly there's no context and so it's just I see the thing and I'm up in arms about it as opposed to I see the thing what's this about why is this here who's doing it what's the I, what's the premise nobody cares about any of those things 
Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. And it just it meanders off into its own thing. Um, usually on Twitter, usually by people who have no idea what the thing is. On the other hand, it does feel a little ill-conceived that, you know, that, you know, that you have Miles Morales as Thor walking through the hood, the hood of Asgard. Cause that, cause I think the thing that, oh, that's <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, it's one of the of Asgard. It's yeah, one thing to, it's one thing to make Miles Morales Thor. Yeah. Right. It's another thing entirely to have the caption and thought bubbles read that he's walking through the hood of Asgard. That's, that's just ill-conceived. And I think that's oh, where people oh, take issue. I think that's where people have problems with. Yeah, I'm aware of people because that's just it's silly. That's ridiculous. That's yeah, you did not need to. You did not need to do that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I thought it was just. That's why I was curious as to why why people were whether or not you were saying people were upset. Yeah, making him but making him Thor is one thing, but making him Thor and and him being in the hood of Asgard is just... Yeah, and I think this is the part where we can, get, we can kind of blame the writer part, right? So, say, yeah. I, so for instance, yeah. I'm showing you guys a page real quick, and the the uh, the, the word, the, the, the dialogue for our, our young Thor yes. Miles says <clears throat> he hits a uh, frost giant, and he says, ain't no party, hits him again, like an Asgard, Asgard party. party, hits him again, because an Asgard party don't quit, hits him again, light it up. God, jeez. <laughs> and this oh, is where, it, like, it's one thing if you just made him Thor. Yeah. It's one. It's yeah. another thing if you made him Thor and he's young Miles and, you know, he does yeah. what, you know, he talks like Miles talks and, you know, okay, fine. You know, he's he's a kid. He's a kid from around the way. So there might be a little, a, a light version of that, but. Right. <sighs> But that's a caricature, though. That's, yes. that's caricaturizing the 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 character and the whole premise. Like now, you can't be taken serious because right. it's not it's not whatever you had in mind. It's just insulting. yeah. And yeah. so it, and so then it gets to a point where you know again, I think making Miles Thor would be would have been interesting. But then, mm-hmm. like you said, making him a hood Thor, that's when it gets silly, right? So yes. by, by Odin's fade or of all the five realms, Asgard is his hood. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. He seriously said by Odin's fade? <laughs> You're lying to me. <laughs> that might be my new catchphrase. <laughs> Wait, is that real? <laughs> is that real? Oh. Is that real? Did he really say that by Odin's fade? You need to answer that question, Cam. Did he really say that? You know, according to to Reddit, it's true. I should I should double check to make sure. You know, okay, yeah. Well, we'll put not, a pin in that and double because yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. know oh, that well. because we'll come <laughs> back around to that. This but, is wow. Who is that writer? What was now, he, the, but see, to me? I would say what's the editor? Who? What editor right, was yeah, like? Yeah, oh, that's cool. I was just about to say that. All it's all Smolsky. Yeah. Because I mean, all the head man, like he's yeah. the one who signed off on it. He's the one who allowed it to go through. That's yeah, terrible, terrible. You can't, you can't have looked at that and gone, "That's hip." The kids are going to really dig that. Like, uh, or, or, or that the black community who is who's largely supported all of what Marvel has done with Miles, absolutely, um, up until this point, um, would believe that that would be 
the, the black and and Spanish community, like like the black and Hispanic community, like you know, it's he represents both of those, and he's important to both of those mm-hmm. of those uh, groups. And so, I think up until now, you didn't, and and just New York uh, subculture in general, like just mm-hmm. that 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 uh, community, like that is sacred to a lot of people. And I think... Yeah, that, and I, I think... I have a feeling I see what the writer is trying to do because basically uh, Asgard basically is in Brooklyn now for, for whatever reason. And that... Convoluted, silly stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's... that's They're basically trying to, to smash Brooklyn and, oh, and Asgard together. And therefore... Making it, so then therefore you have, you know, uh, <laughs> African-American vernacular mixed in with uh, Odin speak. With Odin speak. Yep. Ill-conceived. Ill-conceived is the word I would use. It's kind of lazy, too, because it's just like, really, what's what are you doing there that I'm supposed to take away that is worth this journey? Because I think that's a big question. Being inclusive. Marvel is being inclusive, D'Angelo Williams. I've seen what that looks like, and I ain't buying it. Um, (laughs) Not from Marvel, the, 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 the... Marvel Disney, they waited until after Wonder Woman was released to then give Black Widow her own movie. Yeah. Also, you know, <laughs> after the character was killed, <laughs> I know what kind of diversity they selling. Well, and also, too, you know, uh, I can confirm that uh, he, he does say Hammer Time in the comic. And oh, yes, he does. And, and, and uh, Millionaire Comes, which is all tagged up, by the way, as well. Mm-hmm. Put a little extra, an extra little nugget on that one. Yes. So, yeah, they, they thought they really thought this was actually going to be a good thing. I, I I I think they really were like, okay, we're using Miles's world. We're going to stick them into Asgard. Everyone, you know, the the Warriors three is Genki and you know whatever his roommate and uh, really I forgot the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So nah, they they it, it and unfortunately the uh, the frost giants all look like you know basically thugs. Kind oh, of. Where is Gore when you need him? I <laughs> no. Where is Gore when you need him? Just have him wipe the whole book out. Marvel <laughs> Marvel will Mar- Marvel will always have a place in my heart as a as a comic book reader, but. That's just stupid. Like it's it's lazy. It's all the things that we've said. Like it's yeah. ill-conceived. It's stupid. It's lazy. It's just eh. convoluted. Because that's convoluted. Is all in my mind. Like, I mean, you know, you have, I, 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 you have I, I, uh, so when you have frost giants that have fades and uh, gold chains. I mean, what, what is the man to do? What 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 what, what am I? What, what what what? How how do we get this, guys? This hovers. If not, if if it doesn't descend directly into it this hovers on being racist i have to I, i've never uttered those words about anything marvel has done in my entire 49 years of life i i never thought i would say that well yep. i i can't believe that josh because this wouldn't be the first time but i think it's the first time i've actually acknowledged like fully wholly in present day, let me let me preface it with that. I don't think I've in present day ever uttered the words "Marvel did something racist," and that's fair. And you're right; this is borderline, if not because I don't have any reservation to calling it. It is, yeah. Neither do I. Maybe unintentionally. And you know what? Just going back to look at that, go to the previous slide. 
that frost giant had a fade and and parts in a certain yeah. way in his head. In yeah. His hair. yeah. Again, I I think the artist is not bad, but then now we have another brother. And then we have a frost giant with with chains on. You got a gold chain, man. Yo, what what is going on here? And like, rings. And, yeah. And like the whole thing. Yeah. This yeah, this is, is racist. Uh, out and out. Just, just, I can't call it nothing else. You can, oh, oh, man. man. It's not. I just, I'm trying to look for it by the, by the, uh, by the fade of Odin. Or the Odin fade. I got to find that, dude. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, he really said flip it and revert. Oh. No. Look at the top left corner, fellas. Oh, yeah. The, the, we have the, the pages up because we're just kind of curious. And we're kind of going through it. Flip it yeah. and reverse it. I, I am ashamed. Yeah, um, I didn't think it was gonna be this bad. I, I thought, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I like the artist's interpretation, but no, it's it's bad, dude. It's bad. It's all this dialogue is basically for rap songs. <sighs> Yo, Andy Warren, what are he? What is he wearing? Is, are those are those Jordans? Yeah. Okay, Sabolski. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the right after we just had Juneteenth. Does he, I mean, is this, so the question then comes, is this worth him losing his job over? Like, is this enough? Is this, is this that bad a judgment call as an, as a, an editor in chief that you let this out of the barn, signed off on it, rubber stamped it. You had to read it. Or at well, least he didn't expose that he didn't read it. Cause either one of those two scenarios you just pointed out, don't fly. Either he wanted to read this, or he did, and then it's just as bad. Like I, I, I'm comfortable calling for his job. Yes, yes. I'm very comfortable calling for his job. Yes. I think I'm I was, sorry. I was, I was kind of like, okay, this is just a bad call. Um, with the one panel that everybody has seen, where he's strolling through Asgard, you know, some what up, everybody. But oh, yeah. you're showing me more. Like I'm seeing more now, and seeing some of the dialogue. And just, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable calling for his head. Like, I, no I actually like the art. But yeah, the the no, dialogue the great. The art's great. The but, great. But, yeah, Miles look dope. As Thor is just when when they put them thought bubbles up. It's like. This is the the panel that everybody's seen, D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, it's the one. With him walking with him walking through Hood Asgard, and you know, being loved <laughs> and worshipped by everyone. Yeah. <sighs> Complete with the with the shoot with the uh, sneakers hanging from the electrical hanging from the electrical yeah. Yeah. wire. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Of all the five realms, Asgard is his hood. For Miles, you can see he's just that good. Oh yes, this is the what I, this is what got me. The, this the, is what I saw. The Rainbow Bridge takes him to his quest. The Bifrost line goes north, south, east, and west. <laughs> so the Bifrost is a train line. Yeah, I I I am comfortable. I am I am this. This could put people off of, of Marvel. Like, why would you? Why would you? Uh, you so know, I stand corrected. This begs the. This begs another question: Are there black people in the chain before this gets to the chief, the editor in chief? 
The uh, answer is no. Because someone would have pointed I would out. say no. <laughs> Absolutely not. There's no way that anybody that there's anybody black in the chain of command between the writer and the editor in chief. There's <laughs> no way. There's no way that you have Mm-mm. someone black in the chain of command that sees this and says, This is cool. Go ahead and just pass it on. Couldn't, couldn't have. And you know what? It's it smell. It stinks of hubris. That's what it is. Absolutely, it's just complete hubris on the part of Marvel. They thought that they could get away with this, and that's yep. and that's and that's what it is. Because they, it's a what if. So they, it, this is complete hubris. That's all this is. It absolutely is. I agree. I don't even think it's it's straightforward um, racism. I think it's just hubris. It's hubris and insensitivity and not caring about what the consequences of releasing this would be. Thinking yep. that it, in their minds, weirdly, that this was cool. That someone would identify with this and go, oh, that's this is awesome. Oh, that's the representation. <laughs> and listen, it's not like anyone saying that there's a, there's any problem with anything that with that kind of imagery with using it or even using the vernacular mm-hmm. but if you're going to do it be honest about it and don't do it don't make it look like a joke or a caricature yeah understand yeah. why those things are spoken the way they are understand the the cultural history behind it don't just assume you that white people to understand us I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm asking for somebody to do a little reading. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that's <laughs> the most that's the most interesting thing to me because the I, I put this on the I put this on the editorial staff for letting it get all the way to one hundred percent. Like I, before it even gets to Sabolski, but he's yeah. the man in charge. He's the yeah. one. He's the one who greenlights or 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 sunsets all of this stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. The staff, like, before it even gets to him, it will, the, the, he, him rubber stamping this is just beyond the pale. But what I'm curious the staff, is the staff in between, like I was saying before, the staff in between the writer and the editor in chief, this has to go through how many, you, you know better than, I, than anybody else can. How many hands does this go through before it gets to Sabolsky? Yeah, at least, at least, at least five to six. Like how many, how many drafts do, do they, cause this is writing. So this is like, a, there should be scripts. So yeah. most likely it's going through several drafts. Are so you telling me that people were <laughs> repeatedly saw this dialogue and this yeah, time they were like, oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have one comment, you know, right there. I think Thor needs to pull his shirt down a little bit faster. Not that Miles is putting on sneakers as Thor. Or anything like you that. know. Whoa, whoa, hold on. The stars shine upon the realm of the gods, forge mighty battles with his four, his squad. <laughs> <laughs> that evil laugh. You know Cam, Cam should move on. But yes, I've enjoyed what's, it immensely. What's interesting is this might have flown back in the day. Yes, oh, absolutely. Easy. 90s. Oh, would, if this came out in the 90s, I, me, young Cam, 12 years old, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, we've learned it even further back than that. Oh, yeah. I, I can see this being like a 90s thing because hip hop was more prevalent. 80s was like, you know, it was in it, it was like super duper cheesy, but 
I guess he just being in the nineties, yeah. so trying to make make it kind of cool, you know? Yeah, this like, is nineties cheese. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take it back. Also, ninety the nineties was when the sort of hood hood imagery was kind of really yeah. popular in movies, TV, everything. Like, yeah. you had a bunch of uh, movies that were designated as that genre. You know. Boys in the Hood, you know, um, yep. against the society, all, all the ones set in New York, um, you know, play, uh, just a whole cascade of them. Yeah. Um, so, so this probably would have flown in the 90s. So my last, my last, uh, my last prose before you say your last point, uh, mm. he's got, he's got, he's got style and he's got flair to boot, but it's Stop fixed. It. You know, he's in hot pursuit. <laughs> I would like to I like to say on air this uh, has now convinced me and motivated me to write my own comics I played around with it for a long time <laughs> but now I've realized that uh, I've been selling myself short and um, I need to dive in because uh, apparently uh, really it's very easy apparently yeah. I can be a Marvel writer I can you know I mean it, the way this sounds it's so easy a kindergartner could do it yo it's crazy <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way this um, this is actually go ahead, Paul. Go ahead, Josh. Make, make your point so we can move on because we've been on this for too long. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This, is, this episode is going to be called Hood Thor, by the way. Just like you guys know it. Oh, it has to be now. It has to be. I don't even remember what I was going to say. I'm so incensed. That's how bad it is. I don't remember what I was going to say. I'm so incensed by that. This is that. This is worse than than I thought it was because we own most of us. I think me and Cam, we only saw that panel talking about the hood of Asgard, and I think I just stopped reading because there's more stuff to to it than that. There's a whole page of dialogue of of uh, of monologue. And I just stopped reading. I was like, this is bad. But this is worse than I could have imagined. You guys got to understand this is hard for Josh. He is a Thor fan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. hardcore. Hardcore. This this is disheartening. And I'm a Miles Morales fan. Yeah, and and I love Miles Morales and I love Thor too. This is disheartening. I I am... I did not think it was possible to be this disappointed in Marvel. What if to be changed to what the fuck what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so apparently this is the only issue of well, up to now that hasn't been written by a, a, a black writer uh this writer was a uh, mexican american and they got a black writer to do it oh god no no, no, no. the other three uh, this oh. this one the fourth one is the one where they this is the first time they haven't had a black writer on it oh okay, okay. I was about to say, man, you just blew my mind once again. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, All right, let's move on, man. Um, <laughs> well, I want to do more uh, Hood Thor prose. <laughs> no, I think, I, think we, I think we've reached the, the, the quota. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a writer now, D'Angelo. I'm a writer. You are a writer, but that but but this Thor is not worthy. So we get we gotta. Ah. Oh, there you go. I see. That's the name I of like the episode. That. that was good. This Thor is not worthy. <laughs> That's that is that is the name of the episode. There you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. Well, um, at least let's do some type of positivity <laughs> to wash the sins of the of the Thor away. I don't know. I will say something. Oh, go um, ahead. This is unrelated to um, Thor, Thor, Thor Morales. This is um, 
about just something that I I watched recently that I, I'd highly recommend. Um, the Northman by uh, Robert yeah. Andrews. Um, it's his third film. For those of you who don't know him, he did The Witch, I think, in 2018. And then he returned for Hereditary in 20... Or maybe Hereditary was 2018 and The Witch was a few years before. But this is his third film, Alexander Skarsgård for... Uh, Skarsgård. Uh, most people, uh, Eric Northman. North, is he played a character called Eric Northman on True Blood, and now he's the Northman in um, in uh, Robert Edgers' film. But great Viking movie um, for those anybody who likes uh, sort of interested in uh, Norse mythology and how that kind of intersected with Viking culture. Um, this is a good example of that where it's magical realism, not necessarily truly, you know, Thor and Odin are alive, but more so during that time, the belief was so strong that, you know, even every corner of the characters saw their gods. So um, this was, this was a great movie. Uh, Ethan Hawke was, uh, is, is, uh, is in it. They speak uh, old Scandinavian, uh, old Norse, so it's um, it's very legit. So I highly recommend it. Right now it's on Peacock um, streaming. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it was a good. I was surprised. I just randomly watched it because I'm one of those Viking Norse mythology like those uh, the mythologies. So this was a good one. Nice. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. I, um, I recently uh, finished up uh, Stranger Things. It's uh, part part one of season four. And um, that was really, really enjoyable. They, like, turned up the notch on the board. It's got a little bit of suspense in there. And uh, I think they rounded out a lot of the characters a little bit more. It was, like, fun to kind of see these characters that we've known go through, like, the you know, your, your 80s high school, you know, treatment, the bullying, the, the uh, uh, being outsiders and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, I also like the twist of what they've done on the story where they're kind of finding, kind of finding completing things, you know, coming full circle, I should say. Yeah. Um, it gave me shades of like the first season where I was like, I didn't know really what was going on, but they had a lot of good suspense and horror. I think yeah. they really kind of got back to that where they kind of were getting away from that from seasons uh, two and three, which I still enjoyed. But yeah, they, it went more teen drama, less like, you know, suspense and gore and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cinematography is still just the way they just make they It feels like the 80s and I wasn't even old enough to remember, but it looks like the, it seem like that's what the 80s and especially yeah. in Indiana suburbs would look like or in LA mm-hmm. in the case of season four. Yeah, totally. And even like, I mean, I like every shot, like the shoes, the posters, anything in the background, like yeah, all the like oh. haircuts, like all of it's so on point. Like, I, you know, I'm, in the time that they have, you know, there, I'm probably like seven, I think, or seven or eight. Um, and it, I, I have like some, I like triggered by half of it. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember this. Remember that. And so, yeah, it's it, it's been it's been really really cool. Um, I think that's some lately that I've been really enjoying. Um, yeah. Josh, what are, you, what are you watching these days? Um, I just like you. I just finished um, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, what else am I watching? Miss um, Marvel. We t- yeah, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is incredible. Um, that kid is absolutely channeling the character. She, she, you know, there's, there's talk that she, uh, that she read the, that she read the comics well before she even went for the role. Um, there's a picture of her dressed up as Miss Marvel, um, for Halloween <laughs> when she's younger. 
Like she's really, really, really just soaking this in. That's awesome. Um, and you Kamala can tell Khan, she, right? Yeah, Kamala, yeah Khan. Kamala Khan. Yeah. Yeah, I like that character. She, she, she. I like Kamala Khan's character. Yeah, um, still, I, I think it, it, it kind of follows the. Um, uh, it seems like all the young blood in uh, in the Marvel are all like really enjoying like being part of the. You know, everyone that's been doing it for the last ten years, like, all right, I'm over this. Let me just get my my check and go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the young kids are like, "Yo, I'm in the Marvel movie. I'm a superhero. This shit is amazing." <laughs> yeah, like I grew up watching these movies, and now here I am. You yeah. know what? The first, but my first Marvel Studios movie was 2008. Yeah. So yeah, there's exactly. a whole generation of young actors that yes. were acting back then that are acting now. Crazy. That's that like, crazy. This when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. They literally um, are closing in on 20 years of of of, of films. Yeah. In, 20, in 2028, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. 2028. yeah. So all these kids that all these kids literally have grown up with all these movies. So like, you know, it, it's already in them. Um, and it is their Star Wars, man. Like some for, for them, these movies are bigger than that. Um yeah. like much bigger than than the stuff that is still around, but we enjoyed more when we were uh their age ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read a thought uh, so my my nephew that I was like, you guys understand what it's like. We had nothing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I can have the whole universe of films build up, you know, between 2008 and the time Endgame happens. Yeah. Like I sat her down in the movie theater and was like, you don't understand what this, what, what you're about to witness. You stand on your shoulders of greatness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we, we suffered through bad Fantastic Four movies. Oh, God. And... and Captain America on CBS and it was a plastic plastic shield and the terrible helmet and you know Spider Man on on CBS. Oh, you know there were it was it was just awful. Like we lucked up with the Hulk, but and Bill Bixby just happened to take a shine to the character. True, and and made like what thirty years worth of content with the one character, and he just like fell in love with it. Um, and so, and you can tell because even as much as it doesn't, um, as much as it doesn't follow the books, it became its own thing. And he was able to make, I mean, some of them were terrible, but you know, like the, the Thor, the Thor, <laughs> the Thor, uh, the Thor special was terrible, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what else am I watching? Um, obviously the boys, like we talked about Obi-Wan, Woo! Oh. Obi-Wan has been firing on all cylinders and I've smoked slowly falling in love with Moses Ingram. If you look at the podcast girl, you know, you, you, I you saw her first. Gotta fly. <laughs> can't have them all, D'Angelo. God. Oh, damn it. Um, yeah, Obi-Wan has been firing on all cylinders. It's like it's funny because it's like one episode's one episode's bland, one episode's great, one episode's bland, one episode's great. It is. Um, it does have that seesaw feeling like that. Like I, you're right. It is like boop, 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 boop. So I suppose yeah, we're on a really good so, one. So then, um, that's right. It's, it's wrapping this week, right? Yeah. yeah. Be, this week so we'll, last we'll reconvene and, and give a nice little. Uh, and look at Disney having two shows on at the same time. Ooh. Two majors. Two major shows on at the same time. What's yeah. the other one? Um, Ms. Marvel. Oh, wow. that's right. That's right. And then yep. that thing. They usually stagger them. Yeah, usually it's like one, 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 and one, at one after the other. Mm-hmm. But they're doing a lot, so I can imagine that they're going to start where they have 
multiple things on multiple nights or on oh, yeah. two things on the same night. Like they're because they're just pumping out more content and it ain't gonna slow down. Nah, it's not mm-hmm. at all. Not at all. Um but yeah, I think that's the the roundup of all the things I'm watching right now. Nice, nice, dude. Um, yeah, I think this, like I said, there's a lot of good TV on, and we're all kind of like winding down on some of the certain things. I'm, I've been lately, I've been deep in anime and um, of late. So lately, um, yeah. Can you say I, that. I, like I, 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 I got to catch. Well, this on my my main shows stopped like six months ago, so I chilled for a while. Um, and, and then just recently, like probably four or five popped up in the last like three months. They're all been pretty dope. So mm. got those. Um, but and then, um, but yeah, so, you know, we'll we'll end on a, a sober note. But, uh, you know, rest in power, Tim Sale and uh, and uh, Neil Adams passed away um, in these like past months or so. Tim Sale did the artwork for um, Heroes on that's on a, a Matt mainstream thing, but mm-hmm. he's also really really instrumental on a lot of uh, books in uh, Marvel and DC. He did a really cool uh, like, kind of like a color series where he would do um, like an iconic character like Hulk, and they call it Green, and it would be his type of style, which is very like um, like very blocky and reductivist, and um, had it was had similar shades of like. Um, of like a Frank Miller, but in this whole totally different way. Like him, mm-hmm. Frank Miller, Mike McNola, they all had like uh, kind of like the same similar like you know style of, of uh, drawing, but then they all had their own different take on it. And it was really really dope. So right. and would you say that the long because he is he was the long Halloween? And so yeah. Would you say that oh yeah, Halloween was his seminal piece. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say long Halloween. That's the one that like from a comic book fan standpoint, that was probably like probably one of his best things. But he had done he did stuff for Image. He did yeah. like. No, just tons of different stuff. So, mm-hmm. and then Neil Adams, of course, basically the the Batman God. Uh, he literally has drawn everybody. Now nah, I think about it, <laughs> but he had yeah. the long he had the long the longest run on on uh, Batman, right? Like almost two hundred plus issues, or something like that. Something yeah, like that. I think it was something like that. He was there for he was writing Batman. He's doing Batman. Like, he revolutionized the character. Like he yeah. pretty much at the same time, if I remember correctly, at the same time that. Uh, that Keaton was playing Batman in the theaters. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the the Batman that we got in that film is directly influenced by Neil Adams. His uh his twist that was it, that was at the, if I remember correctly, Neil Adams is the one who took it from campy, goofy, you know, I'll get you next time to like to got legit like yep. like Batman is breaking people up. You know, he's yeah. running up on thugs and like, oh, you think you you think you just rob people? All right, this is so what's gonna happen. Yeah, because the Dark Knight Returns was what early nineties. That was that yes. was in yeah, was early nineties. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. was definitely more in the eighties and the, the comic 80s. Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the um, comic Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Well, one thing that I read during like you know as they were you know, going through some of his like uh, high points, but he helped secure um, a pension and recognition to. Uh, to Jerry Siegel and Joe Chester's uh, um, estates for oh yeah uh, he, he was a huge Matt. advocate for uh, for Pump the rights, artists, artists writers rights. yeah artists and writers rights he pretty much was at the front line of that fight mm. yeah so nah, he yeah, was he, in- like he he made all all kinds of brazy threats when he found out what that like that those guys weren't being compensated properly he made all kinds of wild threats like yo I'll walk I'll walk from all of y'all. <laughs> You got yeah. it. You have to treat these guys right. Like, look at what these men created. It's still a problem now because, like, look at how much Disney's making off of those characters and, mm-hmm. and 
and, oh, yeah. and all of that stuff. And like, you know, those artists and the, the writers are not getting half. Nah, of it. Not I mean, even not too. even what the screenwriters are getting like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the um, screenwriters are definitely getting more than, than the writers that create. Cause I mean, I, I, they were showing shot for shot of um, uh, Love, Thor, Love and Thunder. And then they were showing the, the pieces that are in uh, the Thor book with uh, yeah. Jason Aaron and uh, uh, Isad Rubik. Um, and they're like shots and stuff like that. Cause again, that's mm-hmm. again, the studios use the comics as their intellectual property and they're like storyboards. And the storyboard. Right? Yeah. And One of the so, things they could do is, and they're not going to do it because they have to pay them, but I don't understand why there's not a Marvel, the characters based on creative, like it used to be. Like with DC, you would always see uh, Siegel's name in there. Like it's DC characters, but also Siegel. It wasn't just, oh, this mm-hmm. is created by DC. Based on DC characters, they put a name behind it to sh- so that you knew it was Joel Siegel, you know, like all these people like this. So I think even that would go a long way. And I can't recall if I saw that in the credits, but I don't recall seeing specific Marvel writers names who other than Stan, uh, uh, Stan Lee. It's quick, but yeah, they're there. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think that's the thing though. I think the, I don't know if that's been from the beginning, but I know that, that they definitely, I mean, I bet you like, I bet you Stan made more money from just being on all these cameos. Oh, dude, the pay scale for for Stan just in, for being A in the movie, B, um, from, from his executive producer credits, which he's an executive producer on all of the films. That was every last one. Mia Copa. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys ever see, um, What's the name of the stupid show? Um, uh, Bob Kirkman's. Uh, oh, Comic Books Revealed or whatever. Yeah, Comic Books Revealed. I think it's called. I, I, I feel like that's not the title, but let's. I wish know what you're talking about, yeah. but I never watched that. Yeah, it's actually, Yo, really it's actually a really good, really well produced uh, series with good interviews and everything. But the one that broke my heart was the one where so um, whoever's interviewing Stan asks him outright whether or not uh, he actually took from, like he actually stole ideas from uh, like, if there's any credence to the, to the, to the rumor that he stole ideas from Jack Kirby. I got to tell you, he's a bad liar. It <laughs> broke my heart. Like I nearly cried. It, it broke my heart because he did not, he wasn't able to sell the lie. And I'd never seen an interview where someone asked him flat out, and he like st- he stopped for a second. He was like, "Uh, no, I, I, I I've never heard that." I'm like, "Oh, uh, you are a liar! Oh, you're lying!" <laughs> it's like the, it it's hurt so, my soul because like I, I've, I've, I've seen cat. him deny it before, but I've never seen him be bad at it. Yeah. Well, and also I think like I I read the interview where Kurt, like before Kirby died, he just was flaming like Stan for like I don't know like. Hit like seven or eight. Which pages. one? From what I understand, there are several. Yeah, was, uh, his last one was probably the best, like most oh. detailed one. Like okay, he was okay. going off, off. Like he was like, yo, I basically created all this shit. Um, but to Kirkman's credit, what I liked about the series was, and I wish they, they I think it's, I think it's available on Amazon, people pie or something like that. I wish it was on one of the streaming services. You can watch it on YouTube at this point. You don't have yeah. to pay for it on Amazon. But uh, the. Plug, plug. Uh, the milestone episode is really well done. 
Yes, um, excellent. The, the that was really good from top to bottom. Talking to everybody, even the downfall of it to the rise of it, the downfall of it to the rise again, um, and the exception. Big of why. shout out. Yeah, it was really well done. He was like, all, he was already he'd already passed. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Exactly. He, it was still pretty recent. So they talked to yeah. his wife. They talked to priest. They talked to all of those guys, and they're yeah. it's really that segment of of the of the of the of the episode is really really sad. Like you you felt McDuffie's passing. If you didn't feel it before, you felt it when those guys talked about it. Like they yeah. really just like lauded him as like yo. Yeah, this dude was going places. He was going to take us with him and just, you know. Yeah, and he was doing, he, he was in the bulk of the uh, the animated stuff. Like, he was a yep. big, big, yeah. is, after everyone, um, that's what they talk about, too. They talk about how Milestone was rising. It started to fall, and then when it was kind of done, that's mm-hmm. when someone came in about, like, hey, you want to do a, a cartoon series with one of your characters? And he's like, oh, we'll just do Static. That takes off for a whole other generation. That led him to get into other animation stuff at DC, and that's what passed. And so yeah, he was uh, he was going to be because I think Tucker took over after he passed away, right? James Tucker, mm-hmm. and so. but but he was but but he was kind of going to be the guy. He was going to be like the head executive producer. We would have Dwayne McDuffie doing Young Justice right now, no question. Well, it wouldn't be Sam, it, Sam Register wouldn't be the one EPing it. But if you think about it, Dwayne McDuffie, McDuffie's. McDuffie's <laughs> legacy is a through line from J- Justice League, other than obviously his milestone uh, work, but in DC, through line between Justice League uh, Unlimited through the entire DC animation, animated Absolutely. universe, uh, film universe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Young Justice. Like all of the story structure, the, the, the way that these characters come together seamlessly, mm-hmm. all of that was sort of laid the was foundation laid by the work of Dwayne McDuffie and, and absolutely for just because if you look at Justice League Unlimited, it is straight up the again the foundation for all of the subsequent DC uh animated so, films that yeah, yeah. include more than one uh character and even the ones that include just one character like it's all has it's all mcduffie-esque like they haven't mm-hmm. even to this day they haven't switched that that uh that formula i mean <laughs> it's crazy to think about how great how though that dc run was just like i watched dark side kill turpin on, t- on tv Dog. Like I, I'll never get over that. Speaking of Stan Lee, because you remember that that was uh, they did like a, um, a funeral uh, for Turpin, and like mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yep. people were there, you know, yeah, yeah, and it was obvious who they were, but they weren't. They never said their their um, their names because Turpin, I think, was based on somebody. I can't remember who. I think it's based on Kirby. Was it? It was Kirby, right? It was. I think it Kirby. was. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I think he was. It was Kirby. No, I think you're right. I think Turpin was based on Kirby. Yeah, but I'll never forget that because I remember my child was like this. I came here. <laughs> I I sat there watching the episode and I was just like, ah, whatever. You know, it'll it'll be another Superman episode. Oh, he's dead. Is he not coming back? He's gone. And just gone? the way that Darkseid did it, and with Ironside as the yeah. as the voiceover, which made it even better, yeah. the, gravi- the gravitas makes it better. But yeah. no, you're right. I think folks like McDuffie and Neil Adams, like they're the ones that kind of like this 
they laid down a lot of the groundwork of all the stuff that people are watching now, which is really interesting. Yeah. And Luminaries, so, man. Luminaries. Yeah, and I think the I actually do agree too. It's like there's there's got to be something in some way where they're. I, I mean, besides what most of them have been doing is just making their own IP and just kind of doing their own thing. Um, but you're right when you have like. When you know when they introduce Korean Hulk and Lady Wolverine and you know say with Miles Morales like all these characters that are coming in over the next five to ten years they're all written by uh, writers from ten years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those stories those stories will make it into the TV into the big screen and even the um, the guys that did um, Miss Marvel the first run um, they're I think they're adapting the first twelve issues I think of the issue of uh, Miss Marvel into the show mm. or six or twelve something like that. That's all G um, Willow Wilson right. Yeah, and then okay. um, I forgot who the, uh, the writer artist is. That's where where they can learn. Where I think Garth Ennis, guys like Garth Ennis, do stand out um, amongst the masses, is because with the boys now, Garth Ennis is probably making a lot because he's probably had a he probably has a deal with Amazon. Yep, yep. you know what I mean. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same with Robert Kirkman. Like, it's yep. like. Those writers understand from jump, like I'm doing corporate art for Marvel and DC. I mm-hmm. well, Garth Ennis obviously got upset, but at the same time, it didn't uh, deter him from creating. Even if it was a giant, you know, fu to Marvel and DC, it was still it's still now something so profitable that people forget its origins started with him being disgruntled at yeah. the, at the the top the twin towers like yeah totally. like- and and i think also too i think one of those things where you know you got um you know these people like like kirkman is a great example right he he actually it was funny because i was i went back and reread his uh i think he did a marvel team-up book um uh, and um he, so he's been like basically an anthology series for a while and then from there i think he did battle pope was his first uh, uh image book before yep. he did walking dead and then he did Walking Dead. Walking Dead was like went crazy. Then um, to get to, to get out of the Walking Dead like mist that he was in, he, he created Invincible, which he just wanted. To, I just wanted to do a straight up superhero story with like suits and tights and da, 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 da. and so these writers, you know, went on and made their own creations, which now have gotten to to you know TV shows and movies and that kind of stuff. Mark Millar is another good example. And so it is interesting where like you know like Ed Brubaker who did. Um, but or the Winter Soldier, like he has a bunch of IP stuff that he's been doing on Image. That's like great, doing really, really well. So it's not like he's not quote unquote hurting for money, but it is sad that you know he, he gets like some pennies for like creating literally the bulk of, <laughs> yeah. of like two and a half movies, and he, and he, they're just like, yo man, thanks for those stories, but we know we paid you to write those stories. So that's cool. There are stuff. Yep, and like, that's oh, why you know publishers protect novelists a lot nowadays yeah a lot better when they're and then novelists so for example i thought it was very smart for george r, r. martin to, to hold out as long as he did for giving over the rights or not giving over rights but negotiating the rights for game of thrones because he had been pr- approached to for that since the the uh, around the, the, the 90s when the first was released, but he uh, it, was determined not to, because uh, he said he's like, "There's no way you can make a movie out of out of this story." Like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way you can make a movie out of this story. And the first book was like late nineties. No, 
the first book was 1994, if I'm not oh. mistaken. It was early 90s. Yes. Ooh. That's why I said, like, you didn't want it to be a hatchet job, whoever got a hold of it. Even if they did do a, t- a television series, from what I remember. Ooh, 1994, right. what would that look like? Oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> Don't even imagine it. It might break it your be, heart. It would be a Fantastic Four movie. Exactly. You know, maybe maybe it was early 2000s, and then we get like a kind of like a Xena Hercules level of production. It would, it would be a little better, but it would still be it would be terrible. Now I think he said that Benioff and and um, Weissman he had one question for them. He told them he said, "Read the book and read the, the books." And I got one question for you: uh, Who is Jon Snow's mother? And, and, they, and if they could answer that. He would be. He would be. He would start talking. He would nice. be willing to. And I don't it. think. And I don't think the fourth book was out yet, if I remember correctly. Oh no! So they had less to go on. They had even less to go on than we do. Wow! Yeah, there was only the first three. Yeah, and the fourth book, and the fourth and fifth were forthcoming. Yeah, they hadn't been. They hadn't been published yet because the fourth, the fourth and fifth book didn't release until after. The second, there were two seasons of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. by the time the fourth and fifth book had had been published and released. Yeah, so they okay. had next, nothing to go on. Yeah, but they answered correctly, <laughs> and now and now the rest was now they're filthy rich, and you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the most interesting part now because I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the the thing that's facing all creators now, where it's like. Like a good example recently is um, X Men have um, they call it the Hellfire Gala or whatever, and then it's like. Um, they hired they hire a they hired artists to create Met Gala type of gowns for all the X Men mutant characters, which again pretty dope. And at least now, before back in the day, it would have just been written like, "Oh, we're going to do a book called the Hellfire Gala, and um, everyone's going to have their own unique uh, images, dresses, and gowns." Da, 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 da. So then the artists would have to design those for out and then use those designs into the book. But now they're actually like hiring a, 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 a artist to make those designs first. Yeah, and yeah. then actually have an artist, you know, you know, write yeah. drawing the book. Which now, dope. That's what that's what it should be. But before they got know, that Disney money now, let's yep. <laughs> like that, also, that Disney money we, can do wonderful things. But also, I, I mean, the resurgence that the book has had. I mean, it's unparalleled how good that book, how how good that resurgence, how yeah. good that yeah. that soft reboot that they did was. Yeah, that cleanup was massive. The cleanup was it massive. Cleaned up a, a ton of stuff. And, and in, but I like that they can tell you, I was super resistant. I was like, yo, it it was going somewhere good when um, what's his name, Ferguson, Rosenberg, when, Rosenberg. Thank you. When Rosenberg when Rosenberg was writing it, like he tied up, he tied off all the loose ends. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like decades yeah, worth actually, of yeah. nonsense that yeah. he just tied off all those loose ends, and you know Cyclops was dead. Brought back Cyclops in probably the most intelligent way you could bring back. As many times as these characters die and come back, he brought back Cyclops in probably the most intelligent way you could. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty good. And after, also, kill, after allowing him to be killed off. Yeah. <laughs> no, but and, uh, I think that's so. I would say you know that would be one thing. I would I would in, I, I like that. The new X Men run has given um, there are a lot of books, so there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot more artists, which is awesome, um, and you get to see more artists and mixing it up. Like Marvel of lately has been very heavy on the foreign artists, but I've been seeing a lot more mix of like American artists and like you know um, uh, European and, and Asian artists as well. And then same thing with the writers too. They're they're, they're pretty like really mixing it up. Some of some good, some bad, but I think going back to like 
like kind of like those creators rights i think a lot of creators are being a lot more smarter now where they're just like all right we'll rate for this character but i'm not going to give you any of my new shit yeah and that's uh, that's, that's a better way to do it that's what they've learned from the pioneers is that you can't give these companies your creme de la creme you can't give them the golden egg you have to give them something that will get you paid and get you get them to ask you to come back because you you know but remember that it's corporate art. Like yeah. you, you, after mm-hmm. a certain point, it is no longer yours. Yeah, one hundred percent. Actually, make- to that point, um, Neil Adams actually co-created uh, John Stewart for Green Lantern. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that's I think that's like the biggest lesson for um, for a lot of the creators now, especially like like even when like they did um, uh, Logan and they kind of credited Lynn, um, Lynn Wayne is his last name for that created uh, Wolverine back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, I think you're right. They've been getting a little bit better at the very least. Like, you know, in, in animation, you do it all the time. Like at the end of Young Justice, you see, you see a, a nice long list of who created what character. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And, and so, that, I think that's why I wish that Grievo had created Blue Marvel outside of Marvel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I agree. Yeah. I really wish that he had taken that to like Image or somewhere. Yeah. In, some independent where he retained all the rights because they they basically shelved that character ain't really doing much with him. And they not, I don't think they have any intent to bring him into the live action, um, which honestly, if you were really true, if they were serious about diversity, and I get the the point of going to Black Panther first because of name recognition, but Blue Marvel, I think, is more of a serious kind of like, okay, we're exploring the idea of what it means to be a black superhero. Yeah. And and you know, and, and you know, they the might way. they they might uh, they might shock yeah, us. Blue Marvel's a layer. Blue yeah, Marvel's a layer. A layer. Such a layer. Well they but, better watch out because they they don't they that surprise is going to be spoiled by the boys. And this is post, yeah. <laughs> this is our yep. Uh, yep. extra show. That's going to be spoiled by the boys. And it, it's going to loosen its effect if they don't jump on top of that. Because I think one of the best moments in that comic book was when it's revealed that this super strong hero, this champion, is a black man. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I just hope that they somebody over there is like, yeah, we need to hop on this. It's a new character. He's an original character. He's mm-hmm. black. And he's got a, a dope origin story. And it can fold really well into stuff that they've already been building. Yeah. And he doesn't have electricity powers. Thank God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just build it from build it from from the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. You've established it right there. So if they did that to him, who is just equivalent to Captain America, imagine what they did to the black man who was equivalent to Thor. What yeah. was it? Mm-hmm. Um uh uh Ross says to uh to to Tony uh or no it's to um to Cap he says uh can you tell me where Thor and Hulk are? Now now would you what you think the government would do to me if I lost two megaton nukes? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So you got a black megaton nuke, you better release them. Yeah. No, I I think that's right. I think it's one of those things where um that's one of those characters I've definitely want to come. I'm definitely curious to see if they if and how they do it. 
Um, but I also, I laugh cause like, you know, I'm in another couple other like you know, geek groups and there's always the guys like, Oh man, we got to write next to the story. Da, da, da. I'm like, nah, man, just write your own story, dude. <laughs> it's like, just, like, do your own thing. Yeah. Like do your own thing. Write the X-Men stuff. It's like as good exercises for yourself to get better at writing and that kind of stuff and formulating your stories, but just do your own joints. Cause it's not like, you're just, like, you like, oh, I got this great X-Men idea. You'll make it your, a great, your idea. <laughs> Right, because your great idea for X-Men, even if it goes all the way, you're going to get buried in that, <laughs> under that. After, after a certain period, you're buried underneath all that. I know, but you have a nice check, you have some money and, you know, some connections. Some name recognition. But, yeah, some name recognition, but if you yeah. trying to be establish yourself as an author and have an IP that does work for you, and you largely more than a company, you know, you, yeah. Yeah, you're it's I don't like fan fiction. Yeah, it's different it's different between a job and a legacy. You're right. Like that fan fiction. Yeah. Like and true, you know, the one out of you know a hundred thousand that's that started with fan fiction and then went into their own thing, that's dope, but you're right. Other than that, besides it being just an exercise to get your you know get the juices flowing, it really doesn't really lead you uh much of anywhere. If there's a kid out there listening to this, yeah, absolutely. Just make your own joint. Like it's it it's good practice, like Cam was saying, to yeah. to to use these characters that you know and love as as practice, but it's practice. Don't put your heart and soul into other people's stuff. Make yeah. your own. You if you can make a good X-Men story, you can definitely make your own good story. Yeah. And you can tell a story that is just as fantastical and just as 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 as, as groundbreaking and and all of the things. In fact, you can probably do something. You have a, you're in a unique position to do something uniquely different because you know mm-hmm. what what's already in existence. So yeah. you know, for I say, like Josh said, focus on that. You know, don't try to create because eventually you have to deal with that crushing reality that it ain't yours. That's your yeah. That it belongs to someone else, and they get all of the dough for it. You could have told the best version of their story, and there have been mm-hmm. some. There have been some people that have done that. I'm looking at you, George Lucas, Ivan Kirshner, Empire yeah. Strikes Back, but we ain't gonna go there. But you know, again, but at the end of the day, <laughs> when people look back and they say Star Wars, do they mention Ivan Kirshner's name? Nope, nope. Even though he gave us the best Star Wars film to this day. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, unless well, you yeah. unless you know who Irvin Kirshner is, and most yeah. people don't. Irvin, excuse me, Irvin. I always I keep calling him Ivan. I've always done that. <laughs> I've always <laughs> called him Ivan. It is Irvin. Irvin Kirshner and May Restwell. This has uh, been the Blurred Lines uh, special education series of uh, inspirational talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank, thank you for coming to our talk. Because <laughs> third line is for the kids. <laughs> um, well, to wrap this up, let's get your guys' final words. Um, we'll start with D'Angelo first. You know, I think my final word is, you know, we need a new almighty Thor Morales, if that's where they're going to go. I want writers to get their just due. And I want yes. them to know the best thing you can do is to create your own stuff. Write your own stuff. Uh, Josh? Uh, my final word is to reiterate my disappointment in like just the full-blown... In 2022, you could not have told me 
that we would still be having like when it was the seventies and you know that stuff was passable somehow. You know, you could make a Black Panther and like just the origin of Black Panther alone is kind of like, you know, Shang-Chi, super racist. It was just it just was what it was. But, you know, we we accepted it because that was the standard for the time. You cannot tell me that in 2022, the six or seven people that 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 stuff passed through. As far as the the, the the Miles Morales Thor thing is concerned, you can't tell me mm-hmm. that six or seven people read that thing and said, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I am profoundly disappointed in my beloved Marvel. I, I cannot express how disappointed I am that I'm using, that I'm saying the words, they, re- they actually released something racist, like thoroughly racist. It's not even like veiled. It's a great moment for me. I get to listen to, to Josh talk about Marvel disappointing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you got to work hard. Like I've, I you do. I, I, I have, I have placed Marvel on a pedestal. I mean, I stopped reading for a while. When Wednesday, like my my disdain at how they handled the onslaught saga is legendary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I got yanked back into Civil War. So between onslaught and Civil War, I just gave up on Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, but not for anything along these lines, not for right. anything this this grandiose. Yeah, um, this is egregious, yeah. and it feels yeah, this like, is absolutely, yeah. like it was unnecessary, like totally unnecessary. Yeah. By the fade of Odin. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, it makes my stomach hurt when you say that. Like, <laughs> that, 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 that's even something that somebody wrote. So to be fair, I have not confirmed that that is something that's on the road, but someone made a joke about that and just caught on. But it's still pretty funny. But the dialogue is so in line with that that even if yeah, it's it is real, you can, hear him you can pick that. out several more that is the same, similar to that. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I will be quasi positive. I went to the Brooklyn Comic Book Festival a couple weeks back, and it was not great. But, <laughs> but the two things that I take away from it that were positive. One, I do love seeing uh, black and brown cosplayers. I thought that was awesome. They're, yes, they rolled very deep. They were, they were rolling deep and they yeah. were you know, detailed. And they were, they were I, saw, I saw a cosplay uh, Naomi Nagata out there. I was like, okay, girl. I see got the hair and everything and the fake tattoo on the neck. I was like, all right, dope. Um, and that says a lot about her character to cosplay as the for the expanse. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I ever seen that, so I was dope. Um there's a lot of demon slayers, Smart. a lot of Naruto and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I would say it wasn't it was runway. Yeah, it was a they had a whole cosplay runway. It was definitely more about the cosplaying than it was about the comics and everything else. The art was very lackluster, which was oh, very disappointing. Um, but as a positive thing, it was cool to see a lot of black and brown people really embracing um, geek culture. That's kind of, cool. Like, like I said, like the like cosplay was really really cool. It was and it was all like you know love and everyone's chill. So it was it was pretty dope. But um, all in all, was it worth the money that was spent? Absolutely not. <laughs> I wish it was a little bit more organized. I think they. I wish they had a better caliber of artists that uh, showcase. It seemed like they let anybody in. Where was the hell? Um and Bushwick, I want to say. Yeah, it was Bushwick on the border yeah. of uh, on the border of Williamsburg. Oh, is, yeah. is it a is it a place that I might know a venue? I no. might. Know? Nah, it was like one of those like yeah Very converted nice. converted warehouses type of thing. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. And so then, I mean, 
just like a bear event space. And it was a yeah. weekend, a full weekend, or just one day? Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, okay. but I mean, like the biggest stars, like Phil Lamar was there. And, oh, that's um, not bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mind meeting Phil Lamar. Yeah, and yeah. It, it probably would have been a good thing because it's not. It was too crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I think if they put a little bit extra time in. Mm-hmm. Especially on the on the caliber of the booths, especially when it comes to the because they kind of melded Artist Alley and the regular booths together. And mm-hmm. honestly, you couldn't really tell. Like it looked like all Artist Alley, like bad Artist yeah. Alley. That's the yeah. one thing I liked about I like about NY Comic Con is, is how they've kind of the, you have the writers here and you have the artists here. So once you leave one, you can go talk to the other. But the the traffic is not disrupting. And you have your people that like one, they're able to go to that and the, the ones that like the other. Because I've spent most of my time in the writing section, obviously, with the writers. But um, my last question about the, the Comic-Con was, was this the, which, which and which version of this? Is this the first, second, uh, third, or has I it just been going on for five, ten years? Nah, I think this is like a second, second okay. or third. Or second or like third, that. yeah. Okay, so that makes sense that they still figuring out the organization of it and all that stuff. But not to give them make any excuse because I don't make no excuse for other human beings. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah it was, I mean, it was it, it was good for what it was. Uh, Cam came away with a Romulan ale flask, which I thought was yes. hilarious. That's really cool. I, that picture you sent, that's dope. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with no Ractagino mugs. Like, how you? How do you not have Ractagino mugs, Josh? How is that possible? Hey, man, I, 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 I am. I, I was not. I'm not the vendors. I cannot speak. I, I don't know. But, but, uh, but the one that got the one guy that he did buy that uh, that flask from was cool. Like he had a couple of cool things, some Starfleet insignias. Uh, I think a couple of Romulan, uh, Romulan, and and. Uh, Klingon insignias, like some etched um, glass art kind of deal. Um, yeah, those, but, you know, but the other ninety percent of the uh, 99 percent of the of the of the vendors that were there, it was it was bad. It was really bad. It was yeah. not again as Cam, as Cam said, it was not worth the price of admission at all. You know what would be cool is if somebody did like a whole pro, like did like a DS nine promenade. Like inst like type of installation at like a Comic Con, so like and just and put oh, like dope. a on bar in there, so you can you can order like the the fake uh, you can order Rakdino, but what's the what's the worm maggot looking food that they love? Oh yeah, Ugh. what is it called again? Gah. They make it look gah. Yeah, I, I was gonna call it muck, but it's gah. Yeah, yeah, it is That'd be dope. It always looks disgusting to me. I'll say. Ugh. <laughs> That's why you know I watch thousands of hours of of Star Trek because I know Klingon food. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I would eat Klingon food. I would I would love to go on vacation on the Klingon home world. That'd be to me. That's 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 fun. (laughs) D'Angelo getting up every morning, getting hit with pain sticks. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, But yeah, you know what? 
Thanks, fellas, for rocking out. You know, we got, I think you got, you got stuck on Thor Morales for a little while. It, it really hit, it really hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went to I went from heartstrings, man. I was, it's, it's, it's not acceptable. I didn't know it went as deep as it did, which Me is what was kind of Neither like, did I. I'm glad yeah, we pulled it up. Was... Glad we pulled it up. Because you would have been a little bit ill-informed. Now, now yeah. we know. Man, yeah, we would have been, we would have done glossed over it. All yeah. kinds of, I thought it was like, oh, this is a bad poster. We can keep moving. And then it's like. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was just a stupid idea. But Rolling then it just kind of pulled guy. back and became something totally more sinister. Yikes. Yikes. Yikes, people. What are you guys? What's going on over there, Spelsky? Killing me. Um, this but, makes yeah. me the faux pas with the Japanese thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. How, we'll see if anything comes from them. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up. And you know, once again, thanks for listening. Splurred lines, and we are out. Awesome. 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 Awesome.